0: Please do take your seat and may the Lord bless you. Greetings in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Powerful. Look at your neighbor, smile at them, and tell them the year is coming to an end. Ask them, have you achieved your goals? We are going to teach, we are teaching on faith and the covenant of prosperity. You must have faith for the covenant of prosperity to come upon your life. The Bible says it's not by might, nor is it by power, but it is by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Most people work. Hard work does pay. People work very hard most of the time of their life to make a great success. But I want you to have an understanding that God, from the beginning, has a plan and had had a plan for your life to succeed and to do well. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. The subtopic for our teaching this week is faith and the covenant of prosperity. Faith and the covenant of prosperity. Can we do it King James just for my sake? Or let's read it with Holman and then from there it says but remember that the Lord your God gives you the power to gain wealth. In order to confirm his covenant, he saw to your fathers as it is today. So in other words, this covenant that the Lord has confirmed with our fathers is still valid until today. Hallelujah. Now here the Lord is saying to us, I want you to understand. Remember the Lord your God. Can we go to the King James translation? Because it emphasizes the things I want to emphasize. It says, "Thou shalt remember the Lord, thy God. You, you have to remember the Lord your God. Can you tell the neighbor? you must remember God. In your prosperity, in your advancement, in your success, in your greatness, in your power, you must remember the Lord. You see, most of us have forgetfulness. There is a word we use. We say the word is shortness of breath. When people are doing well, it's them who are doing well. Did you know you can marry for free? Did you know? For free. For free. Mrs. I don't know how much you spent for your wedding, but your wedding can be done for free. The wedding. The wedding can be done for free. Most people think they can pay for the wedding. I can tell you story after story. My first wedding that shocked me, I went to KwaZulu-Natalis. One of my sons here in the church who got married in KwaZulu. We went to Ulundi and uh, he changed a village into something. You know, he took the whole community hall and splashed it with cash. Everything was extremely beautiful. And he was a chartered accountant. He is a chartered accountant. And I said to him, Please, how much money did you spend to transform Ulundi into Santin? You know what he did? He he hired earth moving equipment to clean the whole area, prepared the whole area, put lights outside, came into the wall. I mean, he prepared it was like the weddings at night. He prepared everything and changed it the way he wants. The girl never worked in her life. She just graduated from high school. In essence, he took the, his wife, who's qualified today, uh, he took the wife to, to university, paid for it. And I asked him, how much <laughs> money did, did you spend? 300000 And my question is always the same. Did you need to spend 300000 His answer was very simple. I've been saving for this. You get it? And then another wedding, the same story. I can tell you, you don't have to spend money. He says, thou shall remember the Lord your God. And it gives us a clue there. It says, for it is he that gives thee the power to get wealth. Hallelujah. It is he who gives you the power to do what? To get wealth. It is he who gives you the power to get wealth. It is possible. It has happened before. The God says, come and buy without money. Come and buy. Can you buy without money? He says, come and buy without money. But people will prefer that they work and pay. You see, houses, people pay for houses. They build houses, yet the Lord has promised, "I I will give you houses that you never built. But Obviously, as I teach, you have never experienced. I've received houses I never built, personally. Yes, I, I did. And not one, multiple. And not only in the village, even in the city. Because, you know, some people will say, ah, in the village, everyone can give you a house. You know, they are, they are tired of their old house, so they no longer want to come back to the village. Here is the house. Listen, I'm not talking village. I'm talking city. If you are talking city, I can go to the village. But you don't have a house given to you from the village. You get it? I'm going to tell you somebody. We don't have mercy. Now, he says, come and buy from me. Come and buy without money. He says, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth." Now, the Lord is the one that enables you. Going to school is critical. Shelly Caesar said, you know, education or Jesus plus education equals success. I think to a great extent. But it's not like your education adds anything more. I can show you people that people are working for today who have not even entered university. But they have multinational companies across the globe, not just one place. And this is my challenge and my take to you to say believe in the Lord, you'll be established. Believe the Lord, believe His word, stand upon it, and God will come true for you. And He says here is the one who gives you wealth that He may establish. A covenant which he saw unto thy fathers, even as it is this day. In other words, the covenant that God has made is still valid even today if you honor it. If you honor the covenant that the Lord has made, you will prosper. You will succeed. Hallelujah. Now, the the Emmanuel Christian Church, about 10-12 years ago, we made the decision that our church is going to be a disciple-making church. And five, six years ago, we made the decision, definitely we are doing discipleship, we are planting churches, we are training people to become workers for Christ, we are no longer preaching what is popular. You get it? We are not only preaching what is popular, we are preaching what will sustain people. But when we made that decision, that's when, when we realized that Satan... As well, it's coming against us. People are forgetting the covenant because they are looking for what is convenient for them. And I want us to read, for us to understand how the church is positioned. Uh, because when, when the church starts to work and do the work of the ministry, the church started to suffer financially because we, we are doing very well. We, we, we have planted more churches We are doing ministry in places in towns and villages we are doing great work but then you have to understand book of matthew chapter 16 verse 18 let's go there directly jesus was speaking says who do you say that i am verse 16 peter answers and says you are the christ the son of the living god and jesus speaks to him and says peter no man has revealed this except by the Spirit of God. So Peter has a revelation that that Jesus is the promise, is the covenant that God has given to us. And verse 18, Jesus is speaking, says, And I say unto you, unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, which is very powerful. But I want you to see the second part of the verses, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, is the covenant that will keep the church fighting and pushing the gate of hell. If we're at the time, we'll talk about the gate of hell. But I can give you a picture of the gate of hell. The intent of Satan is to make sure that you never keep the covenant. And therefore, the gate of hell is a place where the souls of men are destroyed. Where people become nothing. Where people are reduced. When you go to the Shebin and all these open places, when you take the first drug, if you sniff a bit, you feel like, oh, I have a light head, you know, I I feel very good. But the intent is that you should not only have a light head, but you should die. We have had few people who died here of overdose. But when it started, it was an innocent. It's a gate of hell. Satan doesn't want you to move forward. So when the church was positioned, to be a disciple making church To grow and plant Churches This is what happened. Then you started having people Starting to fight the church I usually say you just need to write one statement On, on, on the, the World wide web You will see people responding People responding to it With such viciousness That if you correct somebody Says you judge me If you tell the person the truth They come against you like that is not the only truth. And here we see Jesus said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. We have got dense places where people are calmly introduced. When, When you are calmly introduced, you are thinking you are in charge. You think about the young girl who is a prostitute on the street. If you talk to them and find out how did you become what you are? I had the privilege to talk to some few young women uh, we were doing the street night w- uh, drive, and I stopped. We, we spoke to a few of them, and uh, two of them, they told us, the one says, when I started, they gave me some drugs. So it was nice. I was in charge of my life. I could have sex anytime. But it says, I reached a low where I could no longer afford. And so this boy will come and stand there. The car comes. He collects the money. I go in wherever I come back throughout the night. I no longer own my life. Even if I'm by myself, I need the drugs to live. It's, no it's not much about the choice that I have, but it's what has become of me. I hate everything about myself, but I can't help myself. That's when the gate of hell has started to take dominance because the life of this young woman is going to be totally destroyed. And this is part and parcel of what we are saying when you say, The work of the church is to bring that consciousness that people's lives should not be destroyed. Now, part of it, when you talk about the covenant here, I want you to understand why it is important that you finance the work of the kingdom. God says, I I have empowered the work of your hands. I've made you wealthy for the sake of the covenant. It's not just for you to buy the car, to buy the house, but it's for you to think about it and say, As the Lord has blessed me, I'm going to make sure that the covenant, the gospel is preached everywhere, and each and every person has the opportunity to hear the gospel for themselves. Hallelujah. So you are not just looking at yourself, saying, I'm having the money, but it's looking at yourself and saying, how does the church stop? The church stops the gate of hell by preaching the gospel and planting churches where there are no churches. Or even... Sometimes there are buildings that used to be churches, but there's no longer life. People, when we were starting our church in Midrand, uh, the Johannesburg municipality was giving us a hard time, and they said, there are more churches. We said, go to those churches and tell us how many people you'll find every Sunday. It's just a building. Very few people are going there, and we have come here to revive, and we cannot come into that building unless we come and do the work. So I want you to understand that your tithe and your offering is the soul of the church. It's what? The soul. What is a soul? The soul is the life that you have. If if your life is destroyed, if your life is taken away, that's why when you go to the graveyard, you'll find there may your soul rest what? In peace. May yourself, soul rest in peace. So you have to understand that without you financing the work that God is doing here. You are curtailing, you are making the gate of hell to succeed and you are as well, you might be even in company unconsciously so with the kingdom of darkness making sure that the the work of the ministry doesn't move forward. So you have to understand that everything, the fact that we have come to church we are bringing the soul, the life of the church is in the activity that we give to it, participating in it and creating an environment. There are four things that I always talk about. One, I usually say we give. When we give in the church, we give because we love God. It's a covenant we have with him. Number two, we give because we want Emmanuel Christian church work to process, to progress, to succeed. So when we pay our tithe and we give our offerings, we are saying, let's plant more churches. We are saying, let's send more preachers. Let's send more people to be great preachers the world that we live in to become better number three we say we are giving because god has promised to bless us he has promised if you give i will bless you so we give because we are going to get the return god is going to bless us and number four we give because our community prospers when we do so the church owns this property the community here prospers. We have had weddings, we have had funerals, we have had community meetings. In the same meeting, had this building not existed, those things could not be done. So the whole community has profited and benefited because the Lord has brought us here and we continue to work. So I want you to have that understanding about your contribution to the work that we do. That when we don't give, we restrict and restrain the movement of the kingdom of God, and therefore Satan and his cohorts are able to move forward. The covenant that the Lord has with us demands that we come out of the world and walk in the ways of God. So, to come out of the world is to make sure that you don't find yourself overtaken. Most of the time, when people find jobs, when businesses are doing well, Most of the time, people are thinking it's for themselves. If I could just buy a flat for myself, if I could just buy a nice car for myself, if it can be just me, myself, my wife, and my children, we are fine. You will discover very soon that when you grow up, things change. When you have a small child, it's a good idea. Children are adorable. But you will soon discover when the child is 15, 16, that most of the things you say don't make sense at all. You will come and tell him, oh, don't do this, don't do this. He listens to you. And after he has listened to you, you thought he was listening. And he does the op- 100% opposite. You start to see the, wild, the wildness that you had. That when you were, you were growing as well, you were almost behaving the same way. And this is my challenge to you. That this is a good time to invest yourself in the kingdom. Because God promised Abraham, he says, I have a covenant with Abraham, and says, I will not keep a secret from him because his children are going to be great people. I want to believe that our work for the kingdom is going to enable us to do great works. Somebody was saying to me yesterday, Do not be worried about what you do. You are doing a great work. You have influenced the world. You continue to influence the world. I said, It's very good that you are saying that, but it will be nicer. If you were putting your weight on it, you know, people will tell you, Oh, Pastor, prosper. Really? How will I prosper if there is no resources to enable me to do the work? And you have the resources. I was saying the the greatest danger of modern life is like a husband who has a wife and has money for the the monthly expenses, but he never gives the wife the full money to go and buy a grocery. You get it? When the wife comes and says, Honey, uh, there's no food. Here's he a list. He looks at the list, he calculates in his head, this will cost five hundred, and uh, he gives you four hundred. I say uh, <laughs> uh, go. The woman goes, she buys whatever little she can get, and then he comes again. So at the end of the day, the man never really opens up for the woman to be able to get all that she needs. You need to go far beyond so there are people like that. When the Lord has blessed them, they want to control. They want to control. If they they have the money, whatever they give, they want full control of it. We say, if you are in charge, you are too slow. Did you hear what I said? If you are in charge, you are too slow. You will not go very far because everything has to happen with your thinking. There are certain things that people can do better than you. And they will even save you much more than if you were doing it yourself. Hallelujah. So, the Lord was saying, come out of them. Few thoughts that I want to. Faith in God is a kind of a relationship. When you have faith in God, you have a relationship with him. You must have faith that that which God has said will come to pass. God says, come out of them. Come out of the way, the way of the world, the way Egypt does its things, the way Babylon does its things. Second, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7 to 18. It says, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. So, here God is saying, I will provide for you. Come out of this system that delays, that will delay you. The second thought, faith. You have to have faith to hold onto the truth. You must believe that that which God has said will come to pass. A good example is just the testimony, the last testimony we received that some people they met somewhere and they were talking, what do you want the Lord to do for you for the end of the year? Next year as you plan. And everybody spoke whatever that they spoke. And that is why somebody had to come and remind And say, my sister, do you remember the prayers we made? They have come to pass upon your life. You have to have that understanding that faith is to hold to the truth. In the midst of difficulty, hardship, we don't give resources. We don't pay the tithe because we have the money. If that was so, it would be easy. We pay the tithe because it's it's a faith step. We stand upon the truth. God has promised and we stand upon that truth and that truth starts to work itself in us. It's like when you have a dough and you put a yeast in it. Have you eaten bread before? Do you know that your bread has yeast in it? So you have to understand that you have to hold unto the truth. You don't give because you have. If that was so, it would be easy. But we give because we have faith. That that which God has promised, God will bring to pass upon our life. We look into ourselves, we look into the situation we find ourselves in, we have to have faith to believe that God will come to pass upon our life. When you do not keep the covenant, then you become lawless. I don't know if you understand. When you, when, when, you, when you don't keep the covenant, when you don't pay the tithe, you become lawless. When it's time to give You have the means to give But you will not give You become what? Lawless It's like this season Is a rainy season Is a time to sow Is a time most of the farmers have already plowed their land Is a time to sow If they don't do it They're becoming lawless to themselves Come next season There's never going to be any harvest coming their way May the Lord have mercy on us so you have to understand that the covenant is there for our good. The Lord is looking at those that are faithful. If we are faithful, God will be faithful to us. If we are unfaithful, we work against ourselves because God works with principles. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers... For what relationship has righteousness with lawlessness? So here we are not only talking about the relationship, but we talk about the behavior of the relationship. That there is righteousness in paying the tithe. When we pay the tithe, we are righteous with God. When we give, we are giving for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, Deuteronomy 18 says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant. So God wants to establish a covenant with you so that for generations to come, it is not only the relationship that you have, but it is a long-standing relationship that will not only profit you, but as well will profit your children. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, for you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. Hallelujah. Though Jesus was rich, for your sake, he became poor, that you, or that ye through his poverty, might be rich. Praise the Lord. So Jesus has come, even though he had all things working for him, he lowered himself, he became part of who we are, And he enabled us, he took that which has troubled us, denied us, and he gave himself that through him we might be rich. Hallelujah. So, it is the desire of God that you prosper. Can you tell your neighbor, it is the desire of the Lord that you prosper. Tell your neighbor, for this reason, Jesus came, that you may do well that you may prosper. Amen. So you have to understand, Jesus, when he spoke, says, I've come, that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. I don't know how abundant your life is. Listen, you have not started to live. You are still in the lower ranks of life. You know, uh, two of our pastors visited somewhere in Pumalanga and uh, they, they slept in a hotel, like four or five star hotel. They say the hotel it's out of this world. Very beautiful, very nice, in the bush and all of that. And the owner of the hotel, when he realized how nicely dressed and how decent they looked, he said to them, I'm selling my hotel. <laughs> he was proposing to say, if you have the means, you can. Because they were appreciating it. Oh, this place is nice. And uh, then they started to sit with the owner. And the owner told them that I have children who do not want to inherit the hotel. He says, I've got two hotels, one here and another one in Rustenbeck. You can buy any of the two, or you can buy all of them. Then they were asking, why? Why your children don't want to inherit from you? What is it? And the man said, my children are highly educated. Then she started to say, I'm making a uh, year. I'm making like 3, 4 million. And uh, after everything, I make so much money. And he says, my children, just their salary, they earn twice what my hotel is doing. They've told me they cannot be running around with plates of eggs uh, saving breakfast to guests while they could do more by not doing anything more. I don't know you get it. You don't get it. I see you don't get it. Listen, when you run a hotel, it's hospitality. You have to wash the linen. You get it. You have to sell the Coca-Cola in the fridge for the guests and whatever that you have, small, small monies, join it together. Now his children were earning like 10 15,000, 15 million a year as compared to his hotel that is making like 4 or 5 million a year. And the 5 million is not like it's a salary. It's the money that comes in and passes through your head. We are just counting the money again and again and again. You get it? Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. So you have to understand in this regard that when when the when 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 you listen to it The things that you do, you might think, oh, these things are important. But God has got something better for you. God has got something greater for you. But most of us don't look at it from that. We are thinking, you know, I can do better for myself. And most of the time, you cannot. That's why I like asking people who always speak big. I always ask, have you received anything from the Lord? Have the Lord blessed you? Have the word come to pass upon your life? Because until you start to experience these things, what we talk about looks impossible and far too far. But the Bible says Jesus became poor for our sake. That through his poverty, we might be made rich. Few thoughts. To obey is to have faith in God and his ways. To obey is to have faith in God and his ways. The key to prosperity, if you really want to prosper, the key to prosperity is obedience. I have the privilege to marry a lot of people. so I, I always try and tell people, "You don't need to spend money. I was talking to a young couple. they spend around 300,000 to do their wedding. And uh, I said to them, "By the way, you don't have to spend the money." The Bible says, "Knock. Knock on what? Knock. quote the scripture with me, Knock. Ask. Yes. I said, that's all you need to do. You will be shocked. I said, you will be shocked by just knocking. You will be shocked by just asking. By just doing what? Asking. You could go for honeymoon of your lifetime by just asking. Just asking. Asking. By just doing what? Asking. You can go. You can go to a world you have never seen. Most people, you know, when, when you are small, when you are small and you grew up not eating bread, the day you eat bread, the kind of bread that we eat here from the shops, local shops, let me not call names, you think it's the best bread. Listen, it's a poor man's bread. There are places when you go, they bake the bread for you while you wait. And it's not the only, after you eat the bread, you have a problem to eat other breads. I don't know, you get it. You drink water, you think you, this water you are drinking is good water. There is a water that after you drink, you realize this water is not the same. Coffee, the coffee you drink is sugar-ish. It's not. It's, it's, it's not coffee. But it's good where you are to drink that coffee. <laughs> I, was, I was going with somebody. Somebody was saying, this person was with me. We got into the shop looking to buy something to eat. And he started, you know, there are, there are certain people that are not really good. You must keep them in the car or make them to sit somewhere. And, and he said, Ah, ha." Ah, ah. I, <laughs> I said, I said, listen, it's your experience. You are poor. <laughs> <laughs> your, your poor mentality tells you things are expensive. Part of the reason is because you have no taste. You have no taste. Your, your bads are not developed. There is another life other than the one you live. And that life is hidden in the covenant with God. That's why the Bible says it's not by might, nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of the Lord. The Bible says there are those that are kings, they are walking, and there are those that are maids that are riding on horses. They are riding on what? On horses. So you have to have a very clear picture of the grace of the Lord upon your life. There are things that God is doing... God wants to prosper you. God wants to secure you. God wants to establish you. But when you don't have an understanding, you'll think the life you have, you'll think the coffee you are drinking is the coffee. Until you go somewhere, you drink coffee, and they, after you drink it, you say, what did we drink? And they tell you, this is coffee. All these people that they are doing, they are trying to do this. But they can't reach this level. So they must do a sugar coffee for you. Boil sugar. You know boil sugar. You boil sugar, then you have coffee. Lord, have mercy. I pray that you hear my heart. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2 says, And all this blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. If you obey the voice of the Lord your God, and to obey is better than sacrifice. Most people will not obey God. They will sacrifice. It's when things don't work that people want God. When things are failing, when people are sick, it's then that they come to church. When, when their house is being taken, when they have lost their job, when things don't work, it's then that people say, oh, I need to go and seek the face of the Lord. There's a circumstance and their situation is humbling them. Ask your neighbor, why are you here? Let them answer you. You ask them a question. Why are you here? I was told that one young woman came to our church and said, I heard that your church people married, I want to get married, I'm coming to church. It's, a, it's not a very good reason to come to church. Because after you are married, then what? Then what? You become a problem to a person you are married to. Your goal is too small. I mean, to get married is the smallest goal. But for a girl, it's a big goal, you know. Uh, <laughs> It's a small goal it's a very small goal it's one of the things we do in life but it's not the main thing after you get married i think she's she got married two weeks ago you are possibly asking yourself did i marry the right guy <laughs> all of us have asked that question did i marry the right girl it's a question that all of us have you ask is this the man of god is this the one that the lord wants me to marry?" Don't worry, that question will come many times. You'll wake up many times in the morning, was this the man? Is this the woman I wanted to marry? It's the right one. Your choice is a good choice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Obey, obedience is key to our prosperity. If you are obedient, you will do well. I was saying to somebody, be a child. Can you tell your neighbor, be a child. Take instruction. Listen, your mother might not have gone to school. Your mother might be using a, a thumbprint. To get her money out of the bank Don't be fooled She's much wiser than you Yes. Don't, don't think Oh, She didn't go to school She has no degree Your degree might not even work Your mother has lived a life before you came She has been able to raise you to the level Where you can even read at the university Yet she could not read herself Can't you give her the credit That she's much smarter than you What she couldn't read she has produced people who can read far better than her and do far better things. You better be trusting her that when she tells you this friend that you have is a bad friend, believe it. Don't argue and say, Don't choose friends for me. They are not choosing friends for you. They are making you to dodge death. Because we can see it coming from far. We can tell you this, this guy you are going around is no good man. He's a pretender. Yes, there are a lot of pretenders in the church. Look to your left, look to your right. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. To obey is better than sacrifice. Most people learn while they no longer have the eye. The eye is lost. Now they know I was not supposed to do what I do. They no longer have a hand. Now they know I was not supposed to do. Their opportunity has been taken away from them. It's then that they know. When they told me, don't drink and drive, they meant don't drink and drive. But by that time, the whole family members are dead. So it's a very bad lesson. It's a bad dream. You wish you could wake up out of it. But when you were told, they even write it, speed kills. They write it, as you drive to Limpopo, they write it, speed kills. People from Limpopo, they drive fast. You don't know. I'm telling you. Every time I go to to Pilas Polukwane, it's the same. They pass you like you haven't started to drive. And you're asking yourself, does this guy, can he read? It's 120. And they even wrote high accident zone. But they, they don't. I'm telling you. Drive to Wat Limpop. It's December. December is coming. Next week Sunday is December. When people are going home, it's like they've lost their mind. I always say, when 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 you drive and you're going home, have this mind. I'm going home. I'm not in a hurry. Even if it takes me five hours, I'm going home. I'm not going to drive people rough. I'm not going to try and prove that my car runs fast. Listen, your car was tested before you drove it. They wrote on the on the speedometer there, 240 Ks per hour. They are sure this car has been tested, it can it can drive as fast as that. You don't have to test it. You are not as skilled, you are not as able to drive a car 860 Ks per hour. Yes, you just need a fly to pass from the side of the windscreen to the other side. Just to look that way and your car is out of the line. I'm telling you, it's not a joke. You just need to try and change your CD while you are driving fast and you will see. You just need to answer just a cell phone. Then we'll sing you funeral songs. Hamburger. We'll sing for you. We'll come. We will cry. We'll cry. I was saying to somebody, I will not I will not, not dead break for a dog. I will run over it. I'm not going to kill people in my car or kill myself for stupid things. I better be late driving than to try. Hopefully, somebody's learning from this. Speed. There's nobody who's a good driver. There's nobody who's a good driver. These things, they are too advanced. Our mind is catching up to technology. May the Lord have mercy. Secondly, let's close up. Faith is giving freely and generously. When you have faith, you give freely, and you give generously. I've seen people saying to a boy, this girl doesn't like you. You are giving her everything. And the guy said, I love her. <laughs> I love the girl. I will give her whatever I want to give. Oh, she's driving your car. Do you know she doesn't love you? Listen. It has got nothing to do with you. It's, it's about me. My, my generosity. You, you cannot measure my generosity i'm the one who's giving i'm the one who's happy i'm the one who's satisfied faith is giving freely and generously i've said to as many of us learn to live a simple life to live a simple life don't try to keep up with the Joneses. just allow the peace of god in your life and the rest of things will set themselves the gateway to prosperity financial breakthrough is to be willing and to be generous most people are not willing one of the challenges that we give to the church members is look at your lunch and look at your offering some of you when you live here you are going to go and eat at the restaurant look how much you spend and on top of that you even throw half of the food then when you come to church if we talk about money you'll say oh they love money if you didn't love money you wouldn't be talking about it you get it you will have given it and it will not be an issue i always say when people complain about money Partly because they don't have it or they are bad users of money. They get paid. It's month and now, but people already are broke. They don't have because they have badly planned their financial world. Exodus 35 verse 5. We're talking about being generous. Faith is given freely and generously. It says, take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whatever, uh, whoever is, will- is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. A willing heart. You must give with a willing heart. We have said in our church many times, if you don't want to give, don't give, please. Keep your money. But we are encouraging you to say it is demand, the covenant demands generosity. The covenant demands that you give, a part of you. Second Corinthians chapter 6, chapter 9, verse 6 and 7 says, but this I say, he who so sparingly will also reap Sparingly. It's about generosity. If you are generous, you will do well. Isaiah 1 verse 19, it says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You must be willing. Tell your neighbor, you must be willing. Thirdly, honor is a declaration of faith in the man in the of God. Most of the time, people are thinking, the Bible says, you know, when, 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 when this man, was, was, was the king was speaking, he says, If you honor the Lord, you will be established. If you honor his prophets, you will prosper. Don't take the scripture. You don't give to me because I'm poor. That's not the reason to give. It's the wrong reason to give. Most of the time, whatever that you can give, chances are that I might not even be able to use what you are giving me. But the Bible is very clear that if you honor the Lord, you will be established. What is to be established? You will be certain. You'll be settled. You'll be built up. But he says, if you, you, you believe in his prophets, then you will prosper. Now, how do you believe in the prophets? Last week Sunday, I called the pastors. I asked them individually. There is a word I gave to Pastor Mesh, I think about a month ago. And I said to him, this is what the Lord will do. All of you could remember it. And after I spoke to him, the other day, he sent me text message. says, Pastor, Apostle, it has happened as you said. I've been offered this position. I didn't apply. They are begging me for it. You get it? And he said, you know, I don't know what to do. But I can see what you, what you said. I can see it in a few days. This thing will come to pass. You get it? But the other part, you can look at it and never believe. Faith is to believe and to be willing to be led. To the young woman, you could be married yesterday if you have faith. Yes, you could be married yesterday if you had faith. Most girls want to marry ready-made men. <laughs> they will look at their brother and say, oh, he's dressed nicely and all. By that time, it's too late. The same brother that is sitting behind you. <laughs> the, the same one who... who Listen, I I can show you men who are married in church. They couldn't be able. They will buy a suit and it's not seamed. You have to seam it. You get it? The guy will fold it, put it inside. Like, before he dresses, he puts it inside. And it looks like, oh, it's nice. Then he comes to church. He's not aware. As he walks, it, (laughs) it comes out. And he comes here to church. We talk to him. No. You can't buy a suit. A suit must sit. You see how he's sitting. The, suit must, the jacket must sit on you. It must not be like your grandfather <laughs> gave you. So you, you are coming to church where everyone that prayer is you. Father in the name of Jesus we are looking at you and saying oh, this guy is not serious. You don't just get into the shop and then they say yeah, I like this suit, you take it. Your suit must sit on you, it must fit your body. Every part of it must be properly set. Am I telling somebody? But when 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 you look with the eye of the flesh, you think you think you are not going far. When you look at the brother, you say, Ah, this is this is a small boy. We play games. Ask a sister in the church, will you mind if you get married? A, young, a, a younger husband, two years younger than you. You know, the sister says, <laughs> are you serious? Ask your neighbor, are you serious? Somebody's younger. If life was so, most women would not be married. I've, I know a lot of people who are married. The husband is younger than them. They have got beautiful homes. They are doing very well. Hallelujah. Yeah. You, you remember, I told you, I say, by the time a brothers marry between 20 and 25. A one brothers. These are purists. They love God. 25 to 30. Black text. You remember black tax? You have to build my house. You have to take your sister, your brother to school. That's black tax. There are a few of them. 30 years they get married they are done by the time you cross 30 you have now to pray for somebody to die you will be married by a widow <laughs> when 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 you were fresh and young and these guys were saying to you hey sister you were looking at them and saying now all of them are married you get it by 30 all serious men are married Except those who are called by the Lord to be single, of course. You get it? Oh, they just got born again. You know, they were playing in the world. They just got a, but those who grew up in the church, by 30, most of them are married. I'm helping somebody here. You have been proposed. Say yes. Number four, please. You are, you are still in my time. We have to finish. Number four, faith is to put God first in all things. When you have faith, you leave your life to God for God to direct it. The other, the other part that I wanted to emphasize was to the, the, the principle of honoring the men of God. Don't come to church. People have a tendency to say, Oh, Pastor, pray for me. Do this for me. Do this for me. But they will not honor the men of God. They'll not what? i of God. I've seen people go, leave their pastor, go and pay money to be prayed by somebody else. And then five, six, six years. I had a couple, they paid 7.5, 7.5. They paid 15000 They went for three days somewhere to be prayed for. When they came, they were hungry because they made them to fast during that time as well. So they came to church and i said to them why didn't you come for me to pray for you and then give me the 7000 the 15000 ask your neighbor is it okay about you you know why you do that you have no faith you have what no faith if you want the power of god to work learn to honor the men of god learn to do what i'm giving example i can talk about all my pastors I, i'm giving example about them when i say things they don't argue there might be one two who want to add But most of the time, they don't. And that's why I was asking them. You came here as a student. Did you take my instruction? Yes. Did you take my instruction? Yes. Some of them, when they get married, I was the one saying, sister, agree. (laughs) You will live a good life. Take my weight for it. You get it. But you say, oh, let me come back to Kettle. I want my own wife. You'll get Jezebel. Fine. (laughs) You'll be coming here for prayers every week. (laughs) Pastor, Pastor, Pastor pray for me. Just a bell. When when we spoke, when we spoke, you refused to listen. Enjoy it. Oh, maybe let's not say enjoy. Enjoy. You know to enjoy. Enjoy your chosen. May the Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. So faith is to put Your your, your faith is to put God first in all things.